0: I think I'm gonna bow to you. I don't bow.
1: Your life will be long, Gabriel. And every single moment of it will be spent in our agonizers. A fair price to pay for your vaulting ambition.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to Trek Trudge Discovery, episode 11? 12. 12. Uh, vaulting? Vaulting Ambitions?
1: Vaulting Ambition.
0: I am Byron Hessey, and this is James Sheaves. Hi, it's me, James Sheaves. If you're wondering why we're um, speaking in, is it dulcet tones? Uh, no, um, <laughs> sotto voce. <laughs> sotto voce. Uh, the kind of uh, NPR style whisper um, speak. It is because I am trying to keep it down because there is a sleeping baby in the other room, and James does not have an excuse. Shh. monkey see, monkey do. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So this is a um, another twisty turny ter- twisty turny episode of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Um, Mm -hmm. this is a twist that uh, I believe I predicted and then James sort of tagged along for
1: Uh, no (laughs) that is mistaken you can check the log I I predicted this just as as predictably as you predicted it
0: this was when did we first make this prediction
1: Uh, it would have been uh, the mid-season finale uh, when he um um Programs the, the thing surreptitiously and we weren't supposed to notice. But people right. have been making the theory for even longer before then and I had heard the theory before then. I just didn't really believe it.
0: Mm-hmm. So the big twist is that, um, of course, Captain Lorca is actually from the... A Klingon. <laughs> Klingon land. He's a secret Klingon. Yep. And um, now Lorca is from the Mir... Dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, what remains to be revealed is the status of the other Lorca, and um, you know whether or not they traded places or 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 what. Yeah, I suspect he's still alive. Yeah, because that would be more dramatic, wouldn't it? Well, also they sort of set him up as like a freedom freedom fighter within this dimension, which would make sense for like an actual. Starfleet guy to show up and kind of want to change stuff, right? hmm And then maybe he, like, um, recruited the uh, evil Michael Burnham to the dark side, which is actually the light side in the mirror universe.
1: hmm I'm sure we'll have lots of fun with split screen in next <laughs> week's
0: episode. Yeah. Like, and, like, I'm seeing double for Michael Burnham's.
1: Uh-oh. So I thought the uh, the central theme of this episode was um, uh, it was one of the stages of grief. So we have a number of characters who are grieving a loss, Mm -hmm. and um, they're having trouble letting go. I'm not I'm not sure what stage that is. Mm -hmm.
0: That's um, denial. Yeah, sure. Or did you want a number?
1: Oh, that that's stage three.
0: Okay, three. Let's say stage three.
1: Um, Because uh, Burnham is uh, Mourning the loss of her Parental figure who is literally A parent in this mirror universe mm-hmm. And so um, She will resolve her grief In some coming episode by killing The emperor I think right. Emperor Um. Uh, so. Michelle Yeoh.
0: Yeah. Emperor Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon
1: That's right mm-hmm. And Stamets, uh meanwhile is mourning the loss of his partner mm-hmm. um, and cool uh he he met up with him in the afterlife in the spore mm-hmm. afterlife yeah, which is um sort of yet to be explained but so
0: uh I actually um listened to a another podcast about this episode and mm-hmm. um, heard some sort of confused discussion about this being like uh a strange sort of metaphysical departure for Star Trek or spiritual or something. My understanding of that was that, Mm -hmm. uh, Culber was merely a personification of the mycelial network. Um, yes, because they had established earlier, um, sort of, um, mirror Stamets had said something like, it will take a form that is comfortable to you.
1: Yeah. Um, um, and they're, they're actually, this isn't a departure. There is precedent for this. In one of the other time loop episodes, Catherine Janeway meets her apparently deceased father in what appears to be an afterlife. Mm-hmm. But uh, it turns out it's,
0: you know, some alien. Or maybe like she's still on the holodeck.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Wow. It's Alpha also... Quadrinals.
0: It's also very um, similar to the end of spoilers for the movie Contact. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that's that's <laughs> the, a favorite of mine. The movie Contact, yeah, by um, mm-hmm. written by the great Carl Sagan. Yeah, because it's um,
1: uh, it's like a monomyth trope. You have to um, confront your 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 father.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, a boring. sort of a boring anticlimax. Where oh, you not, think? Well, you're not actually getting to look at a cool alien. It's just like...
1: Oh, yeah. It subverts mm-hmm. your
0: expectations. Mm-hmm. But in a boring, disappointing way. <laughs> um, so, and also, like, so Colber has, like, told Stamets that, like, like I need your help or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, so the mycelial network needs Stamets' help.
1: Possibly some sort of malign... Intent at play, I think, because obviously they wake up in the wrong bodies. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the cliffhanger. Uh,
0: that was another thing that I mm-hmm. heard discussed in a podcast, and that, that that was not my read on the situation. They seemed mm-hmm. to both be in the correct body. No, not correct. So why did why are they familiar with each other's surroundings? Because like uh, they both, confused. They both knew where to go.
1: No, um, uh, Col- not Colba. Um, regular universe Stamets wakes up and is just confused and has had like some sort of seed planted in his brain by uh, either Ghost Kolber or by Mira Stamets, and then he goes off, and then we'll catch up with him next week. But Mira Stamets is doing the the Lorca gambit. He's, he's a, a mirror universe guy pretending to be a regular guy in order to accomplish some nefarious aim.
0: That's right, and he knows his way around the discovery because he was on the discovery in the mirror universe. Quite possible, yeah. But he's still distraught by the the blight in the mycelial, mycelial forest. Yep, <laughs> that's, that's possible. He's the cause of that blight. I think
1: we said last week that, um, the, uh, like the evil that infects the mirror universe is like a virus and, uh, that it would spread throughout all quantum realities mm-hmm. through the mycelial network and voila, that seems to be happening.
0: This reminds me a little bit of an episode of the next generation, um, where there's like, it's an, it one of those episodes where there's like a strange, like energy, um, mm-hmm wave or something that's like infecting the ship. the ship. Like um and it's also there's a subplot which is that um Worf's son Alexander is on the ship.
1: Breaking up a little over there.
0: There's a subplot. Could you that, say that um, again? <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a subplot that Worf's son Alexander is, is on the ship and is very sort of spiteful of his father.
1: Um Oh yes, I remember that.
0: So it's almost yep. like the um, <laughs> the energy field is actually a manifestation of Alexander's hatred for his father. Right. I only bring this up because this was like a running joke that I had with my brother when this episode came. Oh. out. it's like oh, there's Alexander's hatred consuming the ship once again.
1: Mm-hmm. So I feel like something
0: um, was lost in trend- translation. It's not as funny as. <laughs> like well, that
1: was uh, that's that's classic Joseph Campbell right there. Yeah. Um, so uh, Star Trek also has a, because I, th- I think it's you know it's a product of a mass medium television, so it has to appeal to like a broad audience. So it's always had this kind of like flirtatious but not going there relationship with atheism. Yep. Um, where you would think that the logical implication is that the characters are all atheists, but they never say it because they don't want to offend any religious members of the audience audience Mm -hmm. and um, this happens as well in this episode because um, uh, Stamets when he's talking to Mira Stamets, um, uh, Mira Stamets jokes that oh God is real, you're wrong about everything, she's very mad with you Um, but uh, instead of just kind of taking that idea to its logical conclusion and him revealing haha no God's not real. They they just kind of well you know he might be real who knows
0: yeah <laughs> and just drop who, it who knows the point is that we're not dead that's that's as yeah. far as we want to go with this and no one needs to get offended Mm-hmm. so you did not like the twists in this episode correct
1: um look at this point with this show I. Would have appreciated all the twists if they hadn't been signposted like three episodes previously. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen, we've seen everyone coming.
0: So, but I mean, is is this is this a problem with this show, or is this a problem with trying to absorb media in the second decade of the twenty first century? Because basically, well, I don't every know. single show is under this constant microscope. And yeah, like we're all sort of aware. To this hyper extent of the sort of the meta narrative tropes that have to be meant and so on. Like, uh, are, you know, it, I mean, I think that the um, the Vox stuff was mm. um, probably lo- more obvious than they thought it was. I think this twist—you have to admit—like we guessed that Lorca. Was Mirror Lorca But we didn't have any idea mm-hmm. what his plan was Or why, how it involved Michael Burnham uh, he did, We didn't know what the relationship The real relationship between him and Michael Burnham was um, mm. well, we, didn't, we didn't know that like the There was this weird Like quasi incestuous Triangle between mm-hmm. him And Michael Burnham And Philip Giorgio Across dimensions well,
1: that's I mean, there just wasn't any reference to any of that, so they can they oh, can no, no, surprise us with that
0: no i don't i i think there i think there was though because he was sort of mysteriously inclined to include michael mm-hmm. Burnham for no good michael yes yeah
1: um, and um uh the the grooming that they talk about all makes sense in retrospect,
0: right, so um which is very creepy but i mean i th- I, th- I think that the you know it I think it was all tied together in, in an interesting way personally um, but uh mm-hmm. you know it's it's, um, it's okay to disagree yeah you know? I would say whether or not it's due to
1: the the sounding board of the internet just uh allowing us to figure things out much quicker, it's still kind of a failing um, right. of the narrative
0: yeah I think um they they overestimated. Their um, their own sneakiness to some extent, mm-hmm. if, to to a significant extent, I think. Mm.
1: That's um, you know, not to say that I'm not still enjoying the show, just not finding it as surprising.
0: Mm-hmm. There was something sort of similar that happened with this show, um, like Better Call Saul, um, and this was like much more subtle, but it was like mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like the first letter of every. Episode was like leading into the reveal of um, I forgot the character's name uh, the uh, sort of rival drug kingpin, um, but it was like this sort of totally bonkers theory that I that ended up being true, and like Mm -hmm. the what's his name uh, Seth Gilligan, the showrunner, was like I didn't Mm -hmm. think anybody was gonna figure this out, (laughs) like it was so. It was so sneaky and subtle. I thought that it's like they they figured out like right away. Like this seems to be spelling this guy's name if you put the first letter of each episode Mm -hmm. together. So I I mean, like I think that's like an extreme example, but it's it's sort of true. It's sort of like you can't really follow any kind of uh, discourse about these shows anymore without it being there being this sort of like meta um, edit um, predictions eight episodes in advance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, well. Here's a question for you. Oh, uh, yes? Do you think that, like, where do you think they're going to go from here? Is this show going to be about the, this crew being stuck in the mirror universe? Do you think they're going to start hopping to different universes or do you think they're going to end up back in the primary timeline and continue? They're going to hop
1: Is it going to hop about because um, all quantum realities are connected by the the spore drive? So Mm -hmm.
0: it's going to be it's going to be sliders, is what you're saying? Uh, Yeah, multi-dimensional realities. Mm -hmm. So because basically we're 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 in a point where it would really help the continuity of the show if they didn't end up Mm. back in the primary universe, right?
1: I I still think it can it can lead into I mean, like you know, there's a there's an infection hitting the thing. Like we're clearly heading to a point where they will be cut off from, uh, the the spore network and won't be able to use it anymore. And then mm-hmm. everything's back to normal, really.
0: Right, but only if they can no? make it back. To, if only if they can make it back to their universe, right?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, so that's a an interesting point. They might not end up back in the prime timeline at the end of season one, but I think by the end of the the show's run, they, they will be back home.
0: Right, but, I mean, wasn't one of the sort of theories heading into the mid-season finale, not theories, but sort of justifications for different mm. theories that, like, the continuity with, you know... TOS and TNG is already kind of screwed up if we sort of let this timeline overlap with TOS. Like, how are they going to handle that?
1: Well, how is it screwed up exactly? Like, if you just destroy the access to the mycelial network, then everything's as it was, pretty much.
0: I guess I guess you're right there. But that assumes, though, that you can just destroy, like, knowledge of it. Or maybe they're going to kill it completely. It's, yeah, it's, just,
1: it's like environmental... Mm-hmm. Destruction. It's like it's they've like used a... up all the oil reserves and they can't burn oil anymore.
0: Like a multi-dimensional extin- extinction, extinct extinction event. Mm, I, feel I like think I'm still not well, that
1: right. I mean, that would that would be kind of grim. So I think what will end up happening is the the mycelial network will be left to flourish on its own, but will be cut off from human interaction through some sciency
0: mm. explanation. I don't know. I feel like you can't really can't really contain science like that, you know, <laughs> as long as you have the knowledge of the mycelial network and all of its potential, you would still have like scientists trying to get back in and, uh, and so on. But I guess, yeah, well, see. well they're not gonna, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, anything else worth talking about from this episode?
1: Um, so it, the, the, the Vok uh, reveal, is um kind of deliberately uh just kind of brought to an anti climax at this point in the same way Saru is talking to Laurel and um uh says that like we're in a different universe now so none of that none of that nonsense matters anymore mm-hmm. and um it's kind of true for the narrative as well like yeah what, what does it matter at this point
0: mm-hmm. well i thought it was sort of like back to the last conversation we were having like um i thought it was sort of interesting where it's like they sort of jumped into this other universe with this strange ragtag team of like oh we've got a human with a klingon brain and this Mm -hmm. hostage klingon and so on so it's like if they can't get back um then you can almost see like well they'll probably like
1: forage scenario
0: yeah like half marquee crew i guess tyler's part of the crew now okay like Mm -hmm. does it seem like they are um killing the vok part or do you think he's gonna maintain some kind of like double identity kind of thing
1: well the the rules of star trek seem to dictate that the, the the like the power of love can conquer all when it comes right. to that stuff, I'm I'm thinking of the scene in um, Wrath of Khan where the the other Starfleet guy turns his phaser on himself rather than betray Captain Kirk, even though he's got a brain slug controlling all his actions. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah, it's very clearly established within the rules that uh, just if you if you feel enough love, then um, like personality
0: overlays aren't going to be a problem for you. Yeah, but doesn't that like isn't I, I think a counter to that would I would say, would be like, doesn't that make him sort of like an interesting crew member going forward? Like, this is our yeah. former Klingon, uh, you know, so and so with two brains, you know? Like, yeah, that's sure. His, that's his shtick. Like, this one's the android, this one's the g- former Klingon with two brains. Mm hmm.
1: So. Yeah, that could be fun. We'll see where that goes. Um, and uh, Lorel's probably. Getting put on a path to to being some kind of cooperative member of the team as well,
0: yeah, maybe helping to bring peace between the uh, Federation and the Klingon Empire.
1: Yeah, and, and seeing as there are there is like a Klingon alliance with their other aliens in this universe, she will probably help them in some respect. Yeah, um, when they need to communicate with them at some
0: point. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the um? Cannibalism, not cannibalism per se, but uh, <laughs> Michael Burnham having to have to eat having to oh. eat a um, kelpian. Uh, um, what are they called? Stress mandible or something?
1: Yeah, the um, yeah, the old mandible.
0: Threat. Uh, that threat was um, <laughs> threat. <ganglion. laughs>
1: that that was um pretty intense. <laughs> I feel like uh, someone would notice if you were, like, like gagging on your food, particularly yeah. if they're, like, an emperor who's constantly worried about, like, people assassinating them. You'd, like, look out for strange behavior.
0: You think if somebody was sort of retching on a, a threat ganglia on ganglia, you would immediately think mm-hmm. they're from an, another dimension.
1: Well, I just, I just, you know, I'd, like, put my fork down and go, hey, what's the matter?
0: So what you're saying is
1: like ignoring it.
0: That your own threat ganglia would be alerted. That's correct. Mm. And then presumably the somebody could eat eat those.
1: Mm. And they're really tender, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, the Lorel has these like laser fingers when she's doing the surgery on Tyler at the end. Um, where did she get those?
0: It's possible they were just able to build some. To her specifications.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: I mean, they are in the future.
1: Yeah. Um. So, as uh, I have been watching the original series, um, I've noticed that, like, I think they have replicators in that time period, but there's often mm-hmm. a lot of problems where a replicator would like instantly solve the problem, but it doesn't.
0: Hmm. Like um, they just so forgot like, it was there when they were writing the. Yeah. Out.
1: Like yesterday's episode They were trying to repair An archaic nuclear reactor It's like We don't have any parts Captain We'll just Hmm. replicate one Like Right
0: What the hell You 3D print that shit Maybe they didn't have the um, Correct schematic For the part To be able to replicate it But Scotty
1: knew all about that stuff He could have whipped one up For sure Hmm.
0: Maybe He was just uh, Being lazy
1: Oh, that was probably it.
0: <laughs> like a lazy Scotsman. Yeah,
1: one of those lazy, uh, parsimonious Scotsman. Yeah. Hey, so a, a behind-the-scenes thought that I was having. Typically when you have like a big room or a big set in these Star Trek productions and it's just there for like one episode, it's like a reused, redressed set from another mm-hmm. um, thing. Yeah. And... um they go to the Emperor's Throne Room in this episode, and I was wondering what set do you think they redress to make that?
0: Probably the uh, Ship of the Dead. Yeah,
1: that was one of my thoughts. The other thought was maybe it was the transporter room from the Shenzhou, because it seemed kind of like a raised dais and like some stuff. Was
0: that big, um, the transporter room?
1: The... Well, you could make it Shenzhou. bigger just by taking out some of the sightings, you know? Yeah,
0: that's true. Uh I'm gonna go with Ship of the Dead, but that might have been the same room also as the Yeah. So if only there were some way to find that out. Yeah, finally. Mm-hmm. Alright, well um I probably have to uh run here with the uh, yep. this uh sort of immense responsibility of being a parent. Yes. Um you really have to go watch no more, over the child. <laughs> no more important um job in the universe really. Uh that's right. You know, other parents will understand that are listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's, it's um,
1: just as um, Empress um, Michelle Yeo has to look after her wayward mirror universe daughter, so too you must now tend to your your progeny.
0: Yeah, perfect, perfect uh, analogy. Um, yeah, watch out next, that he doesn't betray you. The next episode is called um, "What's Past." Is prologue. Hmm. Not sure what that means.
1: I'm pretty sure that's another Shakespeare line.
0: I don't actually. I do like this show, but I don't like the uh, episode titles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think they're deliberately um, uh, just kind of like throwing it as far as. taking it as far as they can.
0: Purple. Purple prose kind of thing. A little bit. Okay. All right. right. Well, um, James, thank you for. for, humoring me here in this uh, my kind of whisper, um, whisper chat here. That was this kind of, of like, fun.
1: American life up in here.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, audience, thanks for uh, for tuning in for this. Uh, spe- By the way, uh, spoilers for the episode of uh, Star Trek: Discovery, vaulting ambition. In case you didn't uh, didn't get that. Spoil- spoiler warning. Is it too late for that?
1: No, I think it's a, a it's a good
0: time. So, uh, we'll catch you next time for uh, What's Past is Prologue on uh, Dark Trudge Discovery. (laughs) Bye bye. Bye, James. Thank you. Ciao. Bye.